0: Welcome to the Winning in Business podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Rissi, and I love talking to business professionals, leaders, and entrepreneurs who are winning in business. Are you ready to reach your next level of success? If so, join us on the Winning in Business podcast as I interview entrepreneurs, business professionals, and leaders who share how they've risen to success. Before we begin, go ahead, hit subscribe and the notification button so you'll be notified each time a new episode is released. Plug in and settle in. You're about to be inspired to rise up to your next level of success. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Winning in Business. And I am your host, Kelly Rissi, here to interview another amazing woman who is truly winning in business. And so today I would like to introduce you to Pamela Shand and Pamela is the founder and CEO of Offer Stage Consulting LLC. Pamela is an HR expert, recruiter, career coach, wife, and mom. She's the founder of Offer Stage Consulting LLC and the author of How to Hire, a Recruitment Playbook for Rookie Recruiters, New Managers, and Growing Businesses. Pam began her career in recruitment 15 years ago, helping Fortune 500 brands and industry leaders in finance, insurance, hospitality, and technology find the talent they need. Today, the Offer Stage brand has helped thousands of job seekers through individual services, workshops, and toolkits. Pam is a certified professional resume writer with a bachelor's degree in public administration from Keene University and a master's degree in HR management from New York Institute of Technology. Her advice on hiring and career growth can be seen in Forbes, Glassdoor, Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc. An American Express Open Forum. So Pam, thank you so much for taking time today to be on the podcast and share your heart and your advice and your experience with the listeners today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I love reading your bio and just find it fascinating just your career, how much you've done, where, who's hiring you and, and really like the amount that you're helping companies and professionals mm-hmm. as well. So let's start off by just telling, how did you become so passionate about what you do? So kind of just tell us your journey.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. And so what made me so passionate? Well, first of I started out my journey. I started out Um, as a recruiting coordinator, working with Goldman Sachs. And for anyone who's in recruitment, your recruiting coordinator, I mean, you're basically like the assistant to all the recruiters and the VPs and the managers. You do all the administrative stuff. You know, it was my job to uh, coordinate the recruiting events. It was my job to make sure, you know, the offer letters were put together and ready to go. Make sure that when we had a new job, I was the one posting those jobs to all the public job boards. At that time, it was the monsters and the career builders, et cetera, making sure that our jobs were posted in a way that we could get the most applicants in. It was my job to schedule all the interviews and manage all the executive calendars and work with the um, admins and just do everything possible to support recruitment. And that turned into eventually a recruiter role myself and the recruiting manager and up and up and up the, the chain. So what made me so passionate, the passion that I have now started very, very early. Uh, my very first job, I immediately understood the impact that this work has on people's lives. Mm-hmm. I would connect with candidates and even as a coordinator Um, I'll tell you, I knew the candidates better than the recruiters a lot of times because I I spent more time with them. I knew, um, that they had just had a baby or they just bought a house or they were ready to get married. And this is why they were interviewing for this job. I was the one that would, um, tell the recruiter, listen, I know you want to call them right now, but they just put the baby down. You got to wait. Okay. Don't call them to follow up with them right now. Give them some time. Or I would tell them, oh, you should probably call them on Tuesday because you're taking a day off to go run errands. They'll be available around four. Like I knew all those details and I would feed that to the recruiter. And so they took a strong liking to me because I went the extra mile to make their jobs even easier because I would give them this intel. Um, so that's what made me so passionate because I knew like, this is not just a job. This is not just a paycheck. This is the way for people to do better in their lives. You impact directly impact people's lives. And once I got that, um, that kind of that, 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 that switch flipped in me. I became really passionate about it and I cared deeply about every single person that I would meet and work with. So that's where the passion comes from. It's the people that I would work with and understanding how this work directly impacts their day to day.
0: It sounds like you are a natural relationship builder and <laughs> you are just someone that is so easy to connect with. I'm mm-hmm. sure you know how to write, ask the right questions, for all the things that you're learning about people. Right. And it, and it seems like to me, as you're telling this, the, they, they trusted you to tell you all the things like, Mm -hmm. I will be home tomorrow. I won't be, you know, you know what I mean? Like just offering that up so that you knew and you could help them even further.
1: Yes. You have to be, um, you're right about that. You have to be the kind of person that people feel comfortable speaking to, Uh, whether you're introverted, extroverted, doesn't matter. You just have to be a person who People feel like they can trust and open up to and talk to, because if you're not that kind of a person, you'll never be successful in this area because your, your job is to get to know people. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm so curious. And I feel like what we just talked about is definitely one of these, but what skills, mindset qualities have proved to be the most successful for your success?
1: Well, I, I think you're right. We did just touch on one of them, which is being a person who's just easy to talk to, a good listener. Being a good listener is, you know, I say it's number one um, because it helps in every area, uh, but you have to be a good listener, a good active listener. That's really number one. Um, you have to be someone who, as I mentioned, is easy to talk to, so that's another one. Um, you know what? You really have to be someone who thinks well on their feet. You have to, because as well as you may plan for an interview, that candidate may say something to take you in another direction. And you have to be willing to kind of go there to get what you need. Uh, And you have to be a person who's great at connecting dots. Mm -hmm. That's really important because at the end of the day, you're a matchmaker. You have to understand your business, um, understand the industry you're supporting in that moment. You have to even understand the manager, that personality that you're recruiting for, then be able to understand the candidate and determine whether or not there's a match.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So that's really important. And then another one, you have to be a coach. You have to, because you are not just uh, matching people to opportunities. You're also educating and coaching business leaders and saying, listen, your requirements are unrealistic for this market, okay? If you want someone with a million degrees and a million years of experience, but you're only paying you know, this much, you're never going to find that. So before I spend hours searching through profiles and resumes, you and I need to align on what your requirements really are because you're going to create a mess going to market with these requirements. So you have to be a coach too. So if you've got all of that, you'll probably be a pretty good recruiter. Do you feel like
0: oh, what I'm going to hang on edit. What's the biggest change in recruitment? that has happened since the pandemic? I'm sure that things have to be different now in the, in the hiring world, at least you know in the Midwest where I am, it, things are totally different. What are the biggest
1: differences that you've seen? Number one, without even giving it a second thought, like final answer, it's a candidate's market. Mm-hmm. Meaning that when the pandemic initially hit, if you think back a few years, it was what we called an employer's market, which means, um, a lot of people were losing their jobs. So you had a lot of talent just in the market, um, almost desperate for a job because they just needed to work. Um, fast forward to today, that has flipped where you've got job seekers who are saying, Nah, I don't want that job. I don't need it. I don't need to work. I'm good. Um, if I like your job, fine. If I don't, I just won't take it. And you have now companies who are struggling and trying to figure it out. How do I hire somebody? How do I um, make myself more attractive mm-hmm. to job seekers? The, the, the roles have switched. Yeah. That's been the biggest change. And that impacts everything. Because when you're in a candidate's market, now salaries go up because job seekers are demanding more money. So that changes that. Um, The way that we work has changed. Now you have more uh, remote work. Companies are advertising that they're remote first um, because they know that if I don't offer this, I'm not going to be competitive. You're seeing more and more companies offer unlimited PTO, um, whatever they can do, perks and different things to make themselves more attractive. That, by far, the biggest change because it's impacted everything across the board. Mm, Great. I love that. I love hearing that because I know it is a for
0: business owners. It's a struggle right now, hiring people. So I can see how that's definitely flipped. For you, let's go back to you for a minute. Through your success, right? Mm. So thinking back, however far back you want to go up until now, what's been your biggest challenge? What's something you've had to overcome personally to get to
1: where you are today? Oh, my goodness. Um, so for me, I think about internal and external challenges, right? Because all of our challenges are not external. They're not all internal. Mm -hmm. So, um, internally imposter syndrome, which I think is common among a lot of successful, especially women, um, we are very successful but there's still this internal need or desire to prove ourselves as if we're trying to reach a level that we've already reached, but don't realize we've reached If That makes sense. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> that there's that externally. Um, there is what I just said, being a woman. That's a challenge. Um, you know, the corporate world for eons has been male dominated boys club um, being a woman of color, another challenge. And believe it or not, working in corporate environments and being a self-professed introvert, another challenge. So all of these things have been challenges for me. And I have learned how to either, you know, when I say overcome them, I mean, get comfortable conquering them over and over because they pop up every day. You know, it's not like a a, a fight where you fight it once and it's over for the rest of your life. No. Every time there's a new challenge, here's imposter syndrome rearing its ugly head. So you have to become accustomed to putting on your armor and fighting it every single day and not letting these things get you down. It's not, I think that's really important. You know, I I think some folks have this um, uh, fantasy that one day I'm going to fight this thing and it'll be gone forever. No, the victory comes in you accepting the fact that you will be fighting this forever and being comfortable suiting up and fighting it every single time it pops up. Don't expect it to be a one time fight. Just get used to knocking it out every single time. That's it.
0: Uh, I love that. And I was just at a leadership retreat this weekend and we were talking about imposter syndrome and, (laughs) you know, the challenges of that. And it's true. Every time we rise to the next level in our business and our personal life, whatever that is, then the new, the new, the posture, imposter syndrome comes back and then we're dealing with it again. So I love that. I also love what you said. You know, I feel it's a little bit like when I'm coaching my clients on stress management, y'all, I hate to break it to you, but stress is not going away. Right. <laughs> I mean, but it's literally being able to stand in the stress, to stand in the chaos and how you're handling it. Right. Like, just like you said, like knowing that it's not just going to stop one day, but you've accepted it and it's part of the journey and you know how to go through it and handle it. It's the same way with stress. So things are always coming at us. If they're, if, if we didn't just go through something, we're going to be going through something and knowing how to handle it so that you're prepared and have that armor and that the whole toolbox ready to go for you. So, oh, my gosh, thank you for that um, wonderful answer and tips for everybody. So you mentioned um, in your bio that you are a certified professional resume writer. And, you know, I know that that I've had clients that are like, oh, need to redo my resume. You know, it's time to get back out there and move to the next level, or you know, whatever it is. What are your? What are you? Can you share some big tips with with the listeners on anything you'd like to tell us about resume writing so that we can be better at it?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Number one favorite tip is speak to the job. Um, This is, uh, you know, one of the biggest mistakes uh, job seekers make. They create a resume that they feel like. Oh, well, this, this perfectly, you know, depicts my experience. Here's all my jobs. It's in chronological order and here are the companies and the font looks good. And I've got bullet points and all of that. Um, great. But it's like, you know, did you read through the job description? Are you speaking to the job? Um, are you, did you take note of the kind of skills that that company is looking for right now? And did you make sure that those skills, if you truly possess them, don't fib, but if you possess them are front and center on your resume, if you have not approached your resume from that point of view, you'll be lucky if you get an interview. Okay. You need to speak to the job. And that's very important. And I often use recruiting as an example, because you'll have recruiter roles where one job title will say talent acquisition manager. One will say recruiting manager. One will say uh, recruiting business partner. They're all the same job, mm-hmm. but that company might use a different title or they might have slightly different um, verbiage. Okay, pay attention to that. If you have those skills and you've done that that work, tweak your resume to speak to that job because then when you apply through that applicant tracking system, it's going to scan your resume. It's going to pick up those relative keywords and say, hey, recruiter, you should interview this person. So that, that, that's, that's number one, speak to the job. Number two, keep it simple. Keep your resume simple. That means simple font choices. um, Simple bullet points. Do not get extra creative and use like the really, you know, decorative bullet points. Keep it simple, circle, square. That's it. Um, And then measurable results. Okay. You're, you're in the business world. Um, Anybody in the business world knows that, numbers matter. People want to see measurable results. They want to see those details. And for my executives, one of their biggest concerns is, well, I was working on things that were really confidential and I can't share the results. I'm like, listen, I've got a tip for that. I share this with clients all the time. There's a way to do that. Um, it's easier communicated you know, in writing than it is verbally, but there's a way to do that. And a professional can help you um, you know, show those accomplishments in a measurable way without revealing the exact numbers. It's possible. So you want to have measurable results, no excuses, show your value top three. And then just, you know, bonus, um, this is really important. Make sure that your contact information, this is going to sound really silly, but I'm telling you, this is the real deal. Make sure that your contact information is easy to find. Do not hide it in a header that doesn't show up. Um, don't gray it out uh, because recruiters get thousands. I'm not lying to you. Thousands of applications for just one job and your average recruiter is working on 10 or more jobs. So do the math on that. Yeah. Do are, Will they really have time to um, search for your phone number or your email address when they've got a thousand other resumes of great people with great backgrounds, they're probably going to just say, you know what, Eh, let's look at the other thousand people. Make your contact information really easy to find. And if you have a LinkedIn profile, make sure that link is on your resume
0: great tips. I love those. I was just sitting here picturing myself as a recruiter, looking at thousands of resumes every day. And oh. every point that you just said, how important, right? I don't want to read fancy font. Like my eyes do not have time to adjust a fancy font, right? I need something quick, simple that I can look at, read over. Like you said, keep it simple. What about, um, question, what about mistakes? Like like if there's a, mis- like a spelling mistake or something like that, are you automatically out? Or is it sometimes the recruiter is looking at so many, it's not caught Like, just curious. I'm kind of a spelling stickler sometimes.
1: I know. Can I give you a story? So, this is one of the main reasons why I started OfferStage. Early on in my career, I remember um, having uh, seeing resumes that had little errors. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they were missing a period or a comma, but I thought they were really good. And I thought, well, maybe if I just put this comma in for them, it'll help. But we were told never change a candidate's resume. That is how they're presenting themselves to the world. That's their document. You do not change it, especially without their consent, um, even if you think you're helping them. Uh, And so a lot of, if you're applying into a company, um, that corporate recruiter, they may not change anything. They may submit it as as is. Um, And a lot of times hiring managers can be very, very um, picky And they might look at a spelling error, a grammatical error, and they will turn you down because your resume communicates a lot more than just your work history. That's a fact. Your resume communicates your communication style. Um, So if it's it's 10 pages, that tells me you're long-winded and you're not good at communicating important information in a concise manner. If you've got spelling errors, especially if your resume has core competencies and you mentioned to me that you're detail-oriented, maybe not, right? So your resume communicates a lot more than you think. So you really don't want to have any errors anywhere. And because you have um, HR teams and you know recruiting leaders who say, do not change a resume, you can't change it. And even if you're working with an agency, that recruiter will have to talk to you and say, are you okay with me changing your resume? Are you okay with me making some tweaks so that way you're a better fit for the job? They have to talk to you. They cannot just change your resume without your consent. So your best bet is to make sure that that resume is in tip-top shape, period. And to do that, your best bet
0: is to hire a certified professional resume coach.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Such as yourself to help you. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So, you know, I know we talked about like the, the professional seeker, the job seeker. Mm-hmm. What about companies with the recruiting process instead of something that you that you also do? And yes. you shared a little bit about this earlier. Is there anything else that you want to share just on what advice do you have for
1: the Companies that are hiring in today's world. Absolutely. Number one, know your market. Know your market. Um, understand whether or not you're in a candidates' market or an employers' market. Know what that means. Um, understand the challenges facing your industry right now. Understand, you know, have salary ranges change. Understand what your market looks like because that's going to help you. Determine the kind of you know how you even search for talent. How do you go to market, advertise a job, and your you don't even know if your salary is competitive? You don't even know um, what talent looks like. So for I'll give you an example. Right now, one of the hot topics in the tech industry is people without tech skills launching careers in tech. Well, the tech industry didn't see that coming. You know, so you've got a lot of managers who are super focused on requiring all of these technical skills and wondering why they can't find people. It's because there's a trend right now to invest more in developing talent because it's too expensive to hire people who already have those skills because of the market we're in. So you have to, and if you don't understand the market that you're recruiting in you will continue to beat your head against a brick wall trying to find talent that you can't find or can't afford. So know the market you're in. Number two, um, think about your budget. And budget does not just mean the salary, because you're also putting out money for recruiters. You're putting out money for job ads and any kind of recruitment marketing. You're putting out money for training and whatever other vendor support you plan on using. There's a lot that goes into Um, cost of hire and a recruiter's budget. Uh, And the last thing you want is to end up like a lot of companies right now who are extending offers, but then have to pull those offers back because they can't afford to bring those people on board. So you really want to think about your budget, understand your market, think about your budget, Um, and then think about your candidate experience. This is a huge one. Candidate experience, the simplest way to describe it to a business leader, it's like customer service, right? It's how are you treating your candidates? Gone are the days where, you know, for an interview, the candidate has to be on time, but you can stroll in late because you're the boss. No, 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 Those days are over. You have to take care of your candidate because if you mess up and you mistreat the candidate or... You are not prepared for that interview. So you are fumbling over your questions. You are not paying attention to the candidate. The candidate doesn't feel like desired. They don't feel like you truly want them. Your employer brand is going to tank. And it is going to be very, very difficult for you to hire in the future. And then, hello, we're in a modern age. We're in the age of the feedback, you know, site indeed glassdoor they've all got them so now it's not just about someone telling their friend that you know they shouldn't work for you they can go online and tell the entire world not to work for you not to interview you know for you any candidate can go online and see that you've got two stars on glassdoor and run in the other direction so it's really important that you treat candidates well even if you don't plan to hire them today treat them well. Mm. Those are my top three. Great advice.
0: Great advice. Oh, I love all your tips. I feel like, I feel like, well, I know you could talk forever and it's what you do. (laughs) And, you know, I will share how you all can get in touch with Pamela at the end of this, because I know there are people out there listening that need you and in whatever capacity that is. So I want to get back to you for a minute. So what accomplishments are you really proud of? In your journey and
1: your success? I'm really proud of all the people that I've been able to help. That's number one, it's the people. Um, You know, every single time I've ever said, I'd like to offer you this job, every single time I've ever gotten uh, an email from a client that says, I got the interview, I got the job, you know, I I love that. Um, Definitely authoring How to Hire. uh, It's helped so many people and it will continue to do that. Um, It's always, fun to be featured somewhere, Forbes, Glassdoor Entrepreneur. But those are some of my my biggies. But number one is is that the people will always be the people. Mm.
0: Yes. And for you, let's I want to take a minute very briefly, work-life balance. What does it mean to you? And honestly, how do you do it? Good, <laughs> bad, and <laughs> It's always this a question is Real, right? For, real, raw, and honest. What's work-life yeah. balance for you?
1: That's always a question for women in business, right? Because um, there's how we're seen professionally and how we're seen in society. And it's like, you know, how do you, you balance it all? For me, it's about priorities. Um, I know what my priorities are. I um I always say I'm a mom first. And that's all that I, you know, focus on. Um I'm a mom first. And so I know that anything else can be flexed, but that. So if I have to, um, so for example, if I have to block time in my day, every single day for an hour to go and pick up my son from school, I do that. If I need to block time in the morning to drop them off, I do that. Um, everybody knows you do not schedule a meeting with me between 2.30 and 3.30 because I'm picking up TJ from school. And Mm -hmm. I say that publicly. That's not, I don't hide it. I don't say, oh, I have the meeting. No, I'm picking up my child from school. Um, I think that's something that we have to be comfortable with doing is being bold and being human and not uh, lying and saying that we are in a meeting. No, say that you're picking up your child. Mm -hmm. Say that you are doing something with your family. If you know, someone says, "What are you doing on the weekend?" I'm not going to some sort of professional enrichment networking event. I'm going to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I'm going on a date with my husband. You know, be a yeah. be a human. Um, that's how I balance it by just being open and honest and knowing what my priorities are. Mm, uh, that and that's is- really it. Everything else will fall into place. Yes.
0: Yes, that and that is definitely an area that I work with my clients on as well. And you know, knowing that that as priorities change, because sometimes they do, then re-looking at what you're saying yes and no to based on your current priorities because they do change often, you know what I mean? And then we're still living in the way that our priorities used to be. And that's why we feel out of control because things aren't aligned. So um, I love that. And I love that you just share, I'm picking up my kid because I think that's important. And um, I agree that, that, we, that it's letting people know what we do. We don't need to, I, you know, I'm one of those people that exercise is in my calendar. You want mm-hmm. to on the calendar at 7.00 AM. I'm like, hmm, that's my exercise that's time, cool. you know, and I, I'm, I'm, proud of that. Like it's nothing that I'm hiding. It it is. And that's where I'm going to be. You're welcome to join me. If you want to chat, you're welcome to join me. (laughs) So what are, let's wrap
1: this up. What are your future goals, either personally or professionally? Well, um, I love that you said personally. So professionally, I'll start off there. Professionally, I am working on how to hire workbook, which will literally help employers. It will be workbook where they can literally walk through. Each step of a hiring process and understand um, how to put together a job description, how to analyze a resume against their job description. We'll talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. Uh, We will talk about, you know, we'll dive deeper into employment laws and how to apply them. Uh, So that will be on its way uh, later on this year. And then personally, I haven't gone on vacation in a year. So I will be in Cabo next week, um, enjoying myself for an entire week. And I'm very excited about that.
0: That is wonderful. Good for you for taking a vacation and having some uh, relaxing time. Oh, I just got back from Punta Cana recently and my husband and I yes. went for our anniversary and oh, it's, it was it was so wonderful to just be unplugged, enjoy some sunshine, get some vitamin D and hang out. So that's excellent yes. for you. So for those of you who want to know where to find Pam, I will put all of this in the show notes, but she has a website, theofferstage.com. She is on Facebook at offerstage twitter instagram linkedin look for offerstage and then her book how to hire can be found online at the offerstage.com/shop Um, also at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So if you found this conversation, something that you were like, oh, I need to hear that today, please reach out to Pamela, get in touch with her. She has blogs, I believe that you can listen to, like any way that you can be connected to her, get yourself connected because as you can see, she is winning at her job and helping job seekers get the jobs that they want, as well as helping companies find the exact talent that they need. So Pamela, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Any final words?
1: Well, thank you for having me. Um, Yes. How to Hire the book is available now. You can order directly from me at theoffersage.com. Also available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, also at walmart.com as well. Um, And then out for how to hire the workbook. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you. Well, listeners, hope you enjoyed this episode of Winning in Business. Please make sure that you subscribe so that you can hear all of the latest episodes of Winning in Business. So my final words to you are, rise up and live today. Thank you for being a part of the Winning in Business podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to rise up to your next level of success, but are worried about increased stress, time for work and yourself and your family, not to mention being exhausted. I'd like to invite you to a complimentary strategy call where I'll show you how you can do it all. I'll help you reclaim time, keep your sanity, handle the chaos with ease, and move to the next level of success that you deserve and desire. I hope you found value in listening today. Please always leave your comments, feedback, or questions. We check them all. I want you to continue winning in business and reach your next level of success. See you next time.